0: Mr. Court, Mr. Boz, Mr. Witch, it's showtime. There is no spoon. Yes, there it is. The flying guillotine is an awesome weapon. It's not practical. It's not even aerodynamic. But it's awesome! Easy Rider is cool. Yeah, it
1: is. Oh, yeah. They have fuel tanks the size of a pea. You'll get three miles out of that. Okay, okay. Could we possibly just talk about the damn movie?
0: Obsessive Cinema Discourse. Welcome to Obsessive Cinema Discourse, where podcast worlds collide. This is Season 1, Episode 1, and it is my genuine pleasure to introduce two legends of the podcast world, two men who in their own right can be called giants of the industry. That is a sufficient amount of bullshit now to cover off the reality of what we're about. I will start off by introducing to my left, hailing from the land of the free and the home of the brave, the mad scientist of Legion Podcast Court. Good morning, mate. How are you?
2: Well, it's evening for me, early evening, but good morning to you and how are you?
0: <laughs> I'm awesome, buddy. And on my other side, hailing from the land where the Empire never sleeps, the recalcitrant Hulk himself, and I've got to say that's hard to say, from the Little Pot of Horrors, Boz, how are you, sir?
1: I'm marvellous, Sagio. It's morning for me as well. It's one o'clock in the morning because we thought, hey, let's do a podcast with people who are in the furthest fucking time zone away possible and just do this.
2: So here we are. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it, it made perfect yeah. sense on paper. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think we went by how well we get along and not how close we are in relation to time zone. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. You know, it, it, there was a good theory involved. Unfortunately, we got lost in the detail, which is kind of strange when you think about the fact that this is called absentif- as a bit There, It's called a small monkey in a bucket. Um, obsessive <laughs> cinema discourse. I, unlike my colleagues, am the witch, and I come from the land of Mad Max and Wolf Creek.
1: And small things that could kill you.
2: That's a barrage of imagery.
0: Yeah, things that will kill you on the toilet. <laughs> Just remember that, on the toilet.
1: And he's not talking about ghoulies.
0: You only have to worry about those over here. Not even talking about munchies. (laughs) You
2: certainly have to worry about those over here.
0: Yeah, that, that is very true. So, now that we've got that out of the way, the question remains is, why are we here? So, the three of us come from three very different places, three very different backgrounds to a certain degree, and we all run three very different shows, although all talking about cinema. We came together because, on occasion, we like to talk about things that are outside of our normal sphere, outside of horror, outside of psychological scarring, and outside of the wastelands (laughs) that is a ruined earth. And that led us here today. So the question is, gentlemen, tell us about why you're here today. Court.
2: I got two separate invites to do a show from two separate gentlemen that I have a bromance with one and a man crush with the other, <laughs> and it was within hours of each other where they're like, hey, you and me doing a show, what do you think? And I went, that sounds great. And then when I got the second invite, it just turned out to where the second invite from Witch said, why don't we just all three do a show? And that's how this show was formed. <laughs> <laughs> Um, It's
1: been a hoot because we've been doing it all through, like, Messenger, planning, getting everything set up. But because of the time changes, one of us always wakes up to a wall of text from the other two and making decisions, well, let's see what Court says. Well, he won't be awake for another four hours, so, yeah, we'll wait till then. And then he'll wake up and then I'll be asleep. And then (laughs) this
2: ongoing cycle has been brilliant. So much fun. Yes, but it's international cooperation at its it best. Is.
0: <laughs> it is. See, if only our governments could operate like this, we'd all be safe. And, and speaking of that, that uniqueness around uh, collaboration. Big shout out to Darren from <laughs> from Psycho- yeah. Cast who who did our did our logo. Um, there was a lot of back and forth with Darren <laughs> going, "Oh, actually, look, th- thanks for doing this. Uh, two of us think it's okay. The other one's asleep at the moment, um, so we'll give you some feedback in about twelve hours." And then it's like, actually. <laughs> Uh, If you could just change this bit And then the other two of us went Oh yeah, then the other one was asleep and came back And said no, i kind of like to back the other way So thanks buddy, appreciate your support
2: We owe you several pints sir Thank you very
0: much Indeed
2: Since I'm the closest to Darren Out of the three of us I think I will probably be buying him several pints If I ever get to meet up with him I'll paypal you.
0: Sure (laughs) Before we begin Boz, would you like to tell us why we're here?
1: Well, apparently, we share some traits in our movie-viewing habits, and we're a little bit detail-orientated, it turns out, Uh, all three of us in different ways, and uh, basically, we're going to take movies of a certain style, which you'll soon get a picture for the more we do, and we're going to look at them in a slightly different way to most movie-review podcasts, Um, in a kind of an OCD kind of a way. And, yeah, we're just going to break it down and hopefully find some amusing points for you uh, in our anal retentive attention to detail when it comes to cinema.
0: So, there you go. Because we love a bit of detail. We do love a bit of detail.
2: And anal retention.
0: And, um... <laughs> well...
2: And despite its look, flaws, too, despite its flaws, too, we're going to love the movies usually. Yeah. Yes. Uh, unless they're absolutely horrible. Yeah. But yeah. that's how we view the movies. We look at all these things and go, that's ridiculous. I fucking love <laughs> it.
0: And this is the whole point these are movies that we don't normally get to watch as part of our normal podcast. We don't get to you know we don't get to talk about the, the things that are outside of our scope uh, and have a real, real laugh with them because sometimes we do shows that are serious well Courtin Bosdi do. I don't do serious <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I do have a lot less masturbation on my show than court so, so
2: everybody has less masturbation. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Speaking of masturbation.
2: What can I say? I have a bonobo as a co-host. <laughs> oh,
0: Wow. Look. <laughs> if I could trade sex for goods. What, they're
2: well known for masturbating. Oh, masturbating and, and trading sex
0: for favors. I, and I, I'm willing to work on that barter system. I, I'd be like poor and destitute, <laughs> but I'm willing to try.
2: If someone would be willing to give me a chance, I would definitely get a lot of comebacks, I'm sure.
0: Oh, Or even <laughs> splashbacks. <laughs>
2: Whatever it takes to get the goods for the trade, eh? Hey. hey, belly! As there's likely
1: going to be some cross-pollination of audiences here, perhaps we should each take a yes. moment just to explain what our podcasts are for those who may not know, which...
0: Certainly. Thank you. Listen to the grown-up. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Alright, so Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock is my regular weekly podcast. It's a 15-minute breakcast where I take on the persona of a man trapped in the far-flung future that is the desolate wasteland that it will soon become, thanks to various political leaders, and I talk about random pieces of entertainment that I find amongst the junk heap of the future in a short 15-minute format. Uh, it is completely solo, although I have had a number of guests, including one of my cohorts here. And uh, that's about it. And I am, of course, on the Legion Podcast Network. Caught. As you are a fellow Legionnaire, would you like to share?
2: Yeah, I currently do cinema psyops until my co host drives me completely crazy and I decide just to quit and burn all my equipment and effigy. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, I love the guy. We've been friends for more than 12 years now, I think, possibly close to like 13 or 14. And it shows on the show. We all have, we both have this very. Uh, serious back and forth dynamic that we've developed over the course of our friendship and essentially he's not really a movie fan compared to what I am, so... I used to force Matt to sit down and watch all of these films that scarred me as a kid and turned me into the horror movie fanatic that I am. And then we kind of got bored with that and we opened it up and started having fellow movie podcasters, horror movie fanatics and just movie fans in general that would come onto the show and expose Matt to the things that scarred them as a kid and all of his outrage and upset anger over what they watched and how he's being forced to watch it now is what unfolds for our bring your own cinematic trauma series and then because he hasn't seen nearly enough horror films we started another one with the what we call remedial horror which forces matt to actually do the review and discuss what makes this a film that everyone should have seen by now in the horror genre Uh, that is the crux of cinema psyops i'm a mad scientist experimenting on the mind of an impressionable man
1: and you're a uh, Doctor Doom or alter ego on the uh, logo.
0: <laughs> yes, indeed. Absolutely, it, it, it's funny. You, you, if you Google "evil genius," you get caught. Then Doctor Doom.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel very sad for Doctor Doom that he's been unseated by some fat guy in the Midwest. <laughs> He's got his own country and yet he's unseated by me. That's just so tragic for him.
0: Given time, you will have your own country. Uh, I'm suggesting you start claiming, you know, various states in your vicinity and just see how you go.
2: Well, annexation is something that happens out here citywide, so I don't see why I couldn't just start in the state. <laughs>
0: it's gotta
2: to, got to be worth a shot. It's
0: important to have goals. Yeah.
2: Well, since we mentioned what my avatar represents on the cover that people would hopefully see after downloading this episode, we should probably talk about what each of yours represents. But first, Boz, tell everybody about your wonderful show.
1: Thank you. Um, I do one called The Little Pod of Horrors. It's been rumbling along for years now. Um, I've lost count. I think five, maybe six. Not sure. Um, we basically... Just talk about horror. There, there's very, like, you listen, court show's very structured. He has certain names for certain shows. We just sort of make shit up as we go along. Um, but it's fun. I have a, a co-host in uh, Indiana and another one in Finland. So it's another time mix-up, but not as m- manic as this is. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we... We talk about what we've been seeing. but we're very much a modern horror podcast because we're shit at the classics. We watch the classics and just go, meh, and then people get angry with us. Um, if you love Suspiria, don't listen to our Suspiria episode. It will just make you angry. Um, so we try and stay more with the, the, the new curve of horror films and what's coming next, and we, we talk along those lines. We just have a laugh, really. So it's, yeah. it's good fun.
2: Uh, and it's I'm a splitter. i almost. I almost rage quit your Suspiria episode a few times because of the things that people were saying.
1: I just couldn't defend it. And then it. I was
2: like, I, w- I was furiously typing away I was gonna write this huge rebuttal and go after everybody on the show and every horrible thing that they had to say. And then I went, fuck it, I don't have the energy for this. So I just deleted it all and was like,
0: whatever. They're never gonna get it and I'm not gonna sway them. I would have loved to read that out. Just, just vaguely giving the fingers up at the, at the screen and went, you know what, that's enough. You know what, yeah, take that. <laughs> I supported your your, your your podcast about Suspiria, Boz. I was there with you, mate. Oh,
1: thank
0: you. It's pants. It's pants, all right? Yeah, but I was the one Great. trying
1: to defend it. I like the movie, but I was outnumbered four to one or something. <laughs> Three to one. I can't um, count either.
0: I'm not saying I, I didn't dislike it. I'm just saying it's pants, all right? I just, <laughs> just went, I just, I, I'm not doing it for fun. It was annoying, and I wanted everyone to die horribly, which they did, mostly.
1: <laughs> yeah, so less, less said about that show, the better. <clears throat> So you I suppose while i 'm rattling on, I should talk about my um, uh, face on the cover as such, which is the recalcitrant Hulk Boz, which was a nickname given to me by my long term podcasting buddy Casey. And that's basically because uh, when I first started podcasting, I used to have a a section called Boz's Rant of the Week where I would just go off on one. um, And the more you listen to this, you'll hear some, I'm sure, because they happen fairly frequently. And what I tend to do in life is fly off the handle, have a go at somebody, something, just bitch about something really badly, and then literally 30 seconds later feel bad about it. So (laughs) that's where that alter ego came from. Hulk smash! I'm sorry.
0: So a terribly British of you. A bit,
1: <laughs> yeah. So, which your your character?
0: Oh, see, that that's the gyro pilot from Mad Max Two, because realistically, that that's where I'm living. That that is exactly it. I'm not as cool as Mad Max. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I'm not tough. You know, I, I'm not gonna you know drive a big car and. And I I'm just the dude that like cobbled together all his shit, and it's just managed to get by. You know, it's all good, and if I manage to to score the girl, awesome in the end. But, you know, I'm just making the best with what I got. And, you know, apparently according to the rest of the world, including my my two co-hosts, that's what the whole country looks like. Mad Max 2 is completely the country that I live in, and I'm okay with that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm completely okay with that.
2: I've seen way more Ozploitation films to know that it's not all like that. It's just anywhere that's not the coast is like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. So, yeah, they're just, they're just little little outposts on, in the coast. Like Bartertown. Town. That's right. That's the main city for us, Bartertown. Town.
2: You have you have civilization all along the coast, and then everywhere in the middle is just pure clips.
0: Yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. And uh, having lived in many of the places where Mad Max uh, and its subsequent sequels were shot, um, they didn't have to do a lot out there to make it look like the world had ended. It's uh, it's not so. But you know, uh, yeah. So that that's where I live. That, that's where I am, and uh, I, I feel comfortable with a gyro pilot. It's representative of who I am. He's a bit of a dick, but, you know, he's not altogether bad. <laughs> he is a little obsessive about, about some certain things.
2: And he also trained a snake as an attack snake, too.
0: That's right. I, I have an attack carpet snake, which is completely different. Cool. Yes.
1: <laughs> <Is> he's <laughs> he yellow, then.
0: Well, no, she's sort of mostly brown. Oh, okay. But yes.
1: Oh, no, that's a carpet python. Sorry, carpet pythons. EI. Yes,
0: carpet python. No, well, when I lived up north, had, um, I almost bought an albino uh, Darwin python, which is a beautiful um, ivory python, but uh, apparently there was a fear that it might eat my children, so we said no.
1: We just to say about your helicopter thing. You are. It does make you the smart one, because being up in a helicopter, there's way less things that can kill you. Um, just the prospect of a horrible plunging death, but less likely to be a creepy crawly
0: yeah, yeah the, the, it's it's really the stop at the bottom that really' it's the stop <laughs> yeah. at the end that really fucks you up <laughs> straight in. but it's it's a helicopter made out of just random shit so, <laughs> it, it, there wasn't a lot of thought into it it's, I'll put a propeller on that that'll make it go. <laughs> now speaking of things that are made to go caught Dr. Doom the the man himself the the ruler of Latvia or something like that from what I understand. Um, robotics genius. Is there anything else you'd like to add to that <laughs> as our resident evil genius?
2: Um, also, he hides his mangled form behind a shell of tough exterior metal that is impenetrable and makes him invulnerable, and that is pretty much me. I'm a scared, damaged little child hiding behind this rough, tumble exterior. So. And,
0: and you are very metal. Emotionally and, speaking, I am Dr. Doom. And very fucking And metal. very fucking metal. <laughs>
2: Not as metal as Boz. Boz is like metal to the power of 10 compared to me, but... Ah, oh, you always say that. Your beard's bigger. <laughs> I don't know if my death metal growl is better, though.
0: Okay, now I have beard envy. That's hurtful. I have, I'm, I have hurtful beard envy. Curse you both.
2: <laughs> I can't help it. It's in my genetics. <laughs> I just... My people are bearded people. <laughs> We're basically one tenth dwarf. <laughs>
0: wow, that's just there's an image that I didn't think. Uh,
2: <laughs> what a tenth of a dwarf? That's pretty morbid.
0: Yeah, no, no, it, it was it was just you know, ten people together, and what I'm going. You're the dwarf this week on your knees. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's normally
2: what I'd be doing if I wasn't recording with you chaps. So there you go. <laughs>
0: Listen to him using proper words like chaps. And not in the cowboy sense. Yeah, it's the
2: only time that I get to actually use phrases and things like that that I've learned from Doctor Who and or Wentworth and everything else and, you know, have it actually fit to who I'm talking to. Yeah, weirdly, not a word I'd ever use.
0: No, me neither. Um, so I, I, I'm going to have to call uh, uh, call back to our intro and say, can we just talk about the damn movie?
2: Yay! Can we just talk about the damn movie? <laughs> can we just talk about the movie?
0: All right. So, the movie, 1975's Dolomite, and because we've talked enough, now I'm gonna play the clip.
3: Damn! Look like my woman is on time, baby. I could sure warm you up.
0: No shit,
3: baby. I can dig it. <laughs> Dolomite is my name and fucking up motherfuckers is my game. Breathing down your... Neck. Dance! Dance! Girl, this motherfucker's got rhythm. <laughs> I've got an all-girl army that knows what to do. They'll as hell and practice kung-fu. I put my finger in the ground and turned the whole world around. You know, you're still the best man that I know in bed.
0: I'm
2: waiting for Dolomite.
3: For who? Dolomite, motherfucker, you... And tell him I want him out of here in 24 hours. 23 of them are already gone. God damn, mama. This show was a spooky joint. Yes, I'm Dolan. I'm the one that killed Monday, whooped Tuesday, and put wins in the hospital. Hold up Thursday to tell five did not bury Sarah Dion Sunday. I'm the one that had the elephants roosting in trees and all the ants wearing BBD. From the first to the last, I give them the blast so fast that their life is past before their ass has even hit the grass. See me uptown, downtown, crowned and renowned. Delayed, relayed, mislaid, and parlayed. Hatch, match, snatch, and scratch. Whack, jack, smack, quack. Boot black, blackjack, racetrack, and flapjack, and still coming back. If you crave satisfaction, this is the place to find that action. Coming to this theater as his next attraction is the picture that will put you in traction. Dolomite. Starring me, Rudy Ray Moore, as Dolomite, and that bad Durville Martin as Willie Green. Dolomite. DOLOMITE!
0: Okay, so... Dolomite. Dolomite is a pimp, who is set up by... Willie Green, who is a bad motherfucker. And the cops who have planted drugs, stolen furs and guns in the trunk of his car. And got him sentenced to 20 years jail. 20 years for stolen furs and drugs. That's pretty fucking hefty. One day, Queen Bee, who... Uh, we still don't know... Does anyone know why she's called Queen Bee? Other than the fact that she's called Queen Bee? No?
2: No, and, uh, <laughs> she is his bottom bitch. So she would be Queen Bee as in Queen Bottom Bitch.
0: Wouldn't that be Queen Double B? That's Bee? a term
2: pimps use. <laughs> well queen bottom because that's like his that's that's like the pimp's term for the chick who runs his business while he's away that's his bottom bitch you seem uh-huh. to know
0: a lot about pimping
2: <laughs> well it ain't easy but somebody's got to do it that's why i keep my hands smooth with baby powder on it when i got to put the girls in their place i don't know i'm just going by watching all these movies dude <laughs> yeah you want to see his pimp hat
0: uh, I want to see his pimp cane because I'm guessing it's, it's the shears
2: you guys don't settle down you're going to see my pimp stick whoa,
0: whoa oh oh so what you've just got really is just a taste of, of what Dolomite is because there is no real story here other than Dolomite gets out of jail he has to he has to get rid of bad Willie Green and the crooked cops and get back his club which is of course the Dolomite experience
1: hmm and yes, obviously he I, needs to I, have a dance routine of some kind.
0: Well, that's right, because you, you <laughs> need the Dolomite version of the Solid Gold Dancers. <laughs> now, <laughs> Dolomite is, of course, played by Rudy Ray Moore. Up until... A, yay! yay, Rudy Ray Moore! Until the point where I'd seen this movie, I'd never heard of Rudy Ray Moore. Now, uh, I'm not sure how I feel about Rudy Ray Moore. You <gasps> caught? You're you shocked? yeah
2: uh i'm a huge rudy raymore fan not because he's talented in the acting department or that he's any good at martial arts but <laughs> because he is like well i don't want to get too far into it because it is one of my points that i that makes me like the film but he's just charisma dude he's just constantly on screen he drips charisma the entire time he's there it's incredible like i can't stop watching him even when he's just kind of standing there in his outfit just kind of soaking up screen time squinting walking three steps and yeah, squinting walking three steps and then adjusting his cane walking three steps looking left and right (laughs) walking three more steps and just like wasting time like I'm transfixed by the man I'm, I'm just stuck staring at Rudy Ray Moore. I almost have a man crush on so it hurts me that you wouldn't like him very much.
0: It wasn't that I didn't like Rudy Ray Moore, I just never really heard about Rudy Ray Moore until I'd seen this movie, and then I went, now I've seen Rudy Ray Moore, and I've seen Rudy Ray Moore's man boobs, which, <coughs> I don't need to see man boobs. I, I, I look in the mirror, I see them, I don't need to see anyone else's. <laughs>
2: His man boobs may be lacking, but his nipples are immaculate.
0: Damn. Well, that's because his pants sit right below them.
2: <laughs> hey, it's the '70s. Everybody's pants sat right below. Oh,
0: them. Oh, you know. Um, but
2: but he he got some junk in his trunk.
0: Oh, yeah, I mean, for shoes.
1: He's packing it down. There. I mean, he could do the William Shatner butt attack with like little
0: problem, and it would be <laughs> devastating. <laughs> Yeah, he said, he, he's a he's a bad mamma jammer. There is no two ways about it. Um, they're really, aside from obviously uh, Dervil Martin, uh, who is Willie Green, there's really no one else of note in this entire movie unless I'm missing someone specifically. Um, I did have a question about Renee Van Cleef, and I hope that she was not related to Lee Van Cleef. <laughs>
2: No, no, maybe she's an illegitimate child.
0: Well, you know, I figured it, it, it was a, it was a bad kung fu movie. There was a chance that she was related to Lee Van Cleef, and you know, he was a consultant. And he went, Nah, you just you know, you just sort of put on a polo neck and punch people. That's that's karate.
2: <laughs> he was probably too busy being on a horse in a spaghetti western in this
0: time oh, frame. See, love a bit of spaghetti western. Love a bit.
2: Oh, we got to add some to those that list oh, then.
0: Yes, we can talk about that. The list. There is a list, ladies and gentlemen. There is a list. Oh, there so, is. Sh- shall we talk about the things that we really love about this movie before we get into the into the intimate detail?
2: Sure. So we talk about why we like it before we rip it to shreds. Yes, <laughs> yes
0: that's exactly. <insane. laughs> let, let, let's let's talk about all the, all the positives before we start going. Yeah, but but it's really a bit shit. Uh
2: this is the part where we sweet-talk the film before we sodomize it unscrupulously and never call it back. Oh,
0: wow. See? I've got to be honest, that's where my mind went, but... Uh, I'm glad you volunteered to be the dwarf this week. Um,
2: <laughs> What's well, the beard? I can't help it.
0: <laughs> so... I've, I've got a couple of couple of things that I really love about this movie And it's the fact that every insult is improved by adding the phrase Motherfucker on the end of it <laughs> Doesn't matter what you say If you add those two words on the end, it becomes awesome
1: Yeah, it does make you wonder if this was the cinematic birth of the, the phrase's familiarity Because it's very heavily used Yes. It just—it's it, like they're halfway through a sentence, and they think, "Hmm, more emphasis required."
0: Motherfucking—I'm
1: <laughs> <laughs> sure Tarantino got some
2: influence from this. Well, see, you mean directly stole from it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Just went. That's mine, and that's mine. Yes, thank you, Quentin. Quentin—he probably st- stole more than Rob Zombie, and that's saying something.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's, he's been at it long. That,
0: that is true. That is true. Although there, there weren't a lot of feet in this movie, so it's hard to tell. Um, <laughs> nice. The, there, there was a good mix of boobs in this movie, which I thought was good, which was, you know, worthwhile. Yeah. Pl- plenty of. And they were 70s boobs, too. Good, you know, standard. You what, know, real, you mean? <laughs> yeah, real. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. right. There, there, there was none. Here's, here's, here's a pair I prepared earlier. You know, they were all fresh <laughs> out of the package. They <laughs> all just. <laughs> The, the the way they were built and intended. And I thought that was nice. Um, what else? Oh, now, I've I simply tagged this Elvis-level Kung Fu. <laughs> this movie, absolutely, it, it has it has Presley-level <laughs> type Kung Fu. Just, just kick it.
2: Don't make me use my stuff on you, baby. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, come on. Don't make me use my stuff
0: on you, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Let go, let go. Sorry, you said Elvis. Yeah, you, were, you you had such a firm grip on your knob just then, it was insane.
2: <laughs> oh, I thought I shut the video oh,
0: off. Oops. Um, so, yeah, but that that's the level. I mean, it, it's not. Although, what I did realize is that there was a big thanks in the credits to the Chuck Norris Kung Fu School. <laughs> <laughs> I just went, really? That- Chuck? Really?
1: Well, if, if, it, in the dojo scene where the... Uh, I, yeah, okay, I've I got to preface something here. Um, I love this movie because uh, I love... One of my favorite movies of all time is Black Dynamite. And I saw everything the wrong way around. And I had no idea that basically Black Dynamite was the copy of this film. I thought nice. it took from all black blaxploitation. It's like, no, it's specifically this film... <laughs> So every time something happens, my brain jumps to the Black Dynamite version. So uh, in reference to the dojo, when the Kung Fu bitches are getting trained, um, there's actually a handwritten in felt tip sign stuck on the wall of the dojo, clearly because it's just for the film set thing. And it says Chuck Norris School of Martial Arts rules. Unfortunately, the resolution was such I couldn't read the individual rules but that is what they stuck on the wall in that dojo which i thought was brilliant.
0: Yes, just so you knew that it was the Chuck Norris school. And of the
1: and they clearly paid no attention to anything Chuck Norris has ever done. In fact, looking at it, there's one guy in this movie that can fight, just one.
0: Yeah.
2: And he turns up twice and it's the same guy. <laughs> I think that's the guy that actually runs the Chuck Norris school and everybody else was given like 2 weeks training. <laughs> 2
0: weeks? Well, uh, I Twenty you know, minutes. Of, yeah, yeah, Twenty minutes, and he's a pair of kicking jeans. Yeah, and you're off You got to
2: remember. You got to remember. This is the '70s that this film was made. No one really knew fuck all about martial arts. <laughs> yeah. So if you could do like a mid-level kick, you were a fucking karate champion in movies. <laughs> he can, he can, Dolomite can't
1: really kick above knee height, though, can he?
0: Yeah, hilarious. Yes. Despite the the fact that his pants are enormous, he cannot get his leg any higher than pretty much knee height. I mean, sure, he's you know he's wearing platforms that are bigger than a man's hand, but <laughs> that's bizarre. he's just fucking. But look, I do. I love this movie because it, it's it's just pure entertainment. There, there's no no thought about like design or um, script, <laughs> plot, or continuity, story yeah. arcs. Yeah, it's just entertainment. Character development. Yeah, it's the Dolomite experience. That's what this whole movie is. It's the Dolomite experience.
2: The reason I love the film is it actually is a pretty fast-paced film. It moves forward through whatever flimsy story it actually has extremely quickly. Like, I was halfway through it before I even stopped to look to see, well, how much time do I have left, you know, because I need to get this film done notes-wise and everything so we can record and it's one of the things that I noticed about it is it does move extremely quickly like even when it's like moving at a sort of snail's pace with some things that I'll complain about later (laughs) on even those parts don't last very long I mean you don't really feel the entire hour and a half like you do other films like particularly like a really low budget 70s action film that you would see around this time frame now, I another point that I wanted to make too that I think that film hinges on what we were talking about earlier, Rudy Ray Moore's charisma. I think he carries the film, particularly, now I don't know if you guys dug this or not, but I loved his little story wraps that he tells. Like I couldn't get enough of that when he starts going off and doing his little rhyming scheme yeah. and he's telling his little tales and they're all jokey jokey. I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean that's the that's the crux of it. It's an entertaining as hell black exploitation film and it actually is the template uh, for how all black exploitation films will get made in the future and should be made from here on out I think this is the one that everybody else went. Okay. Well, they filmed it like shit They edited it poorly mm. and the sound design is terrible. The foley man must be deaf, but you know what? There's something here Let's go with this. Well,
0: it, it was called the citizen kind of blaxploitation.
2: I think it earns that mm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I really do <laughs> You're right. I mean, it, it does. It does sort of set the template, and, and you get the feel for it, and, and the whole, you know. I suppose, like, jive poetry thing. I I was loving it right up until the, the bit that he does at the club, and I went, I- I'm not getting it. And it was mainly <laughs> because every time the, every time they cut to the crowd, they're just like, they'd go from, like, staring blankly to, Yay! It's like, <laughs> a bit, a bit, a bit, I, don't, I don't understand. But, uh, uh,
2: that, I, deal with, I deal with that in some of my questions and stuff, too. So, yeah, I totally agree with yeah. you
0: there. I, I mean, I, I felt I felt very white, and I know... That, <laughs> That, that's perhaps the not, not the right way to describe it but I'm going okay I feel really separated by by, by time and distance and, and hopefully you know if it was if I'd seen it I suppose when it was when it was made or released I perhaps would have gone yeah dig it um, but yeah, it was just part of me going I'm, I'm not sure I'm keeping up although I, I enjoyed the, the thought of the fact that you know you could sort of almost you could map the path between that and the early days of, of rap and hip hop
3: hmm
2: Oh, I think that he's he's, a—he's—that's one of my points that I actually made. I think that he's—if he at least didn't invent rap, Rudy Ray Moore should at least be considered a precursor to it, because the things that he was doing, I don't think anybody was doing anything quite like that. The way that he had the cadence with his rhymes and everything before this, before his career, and I think he did that as a stand-up comic. Those were his routines where he would do these rhyming stories and he would rhyme words and make it you know very humorous like particularly the one that you already mentioned in the club which that one wasn't really the best and i think if they would have edited that a little bit better that one probably (laughs) would have landed a little bit better for us but i won't dig into that too much i mean the main point that i think we're all making here is it's not the best black exploitation film ever made but it's certainly among the most enjoyable that you can watch which is why what boz said earlier they patterned pretty much all of black dynamite around this Mm -hmm. film and there are a few other pieces of Black Dynamite that you'll see in other Rudy Ray Moore films, but mostly it's Dolomite because you pretty much can picture Dynamite, Dynamite between every <laughs> scene in Dolomite. Like, Dolomite. You, if you, yeah, if you have not seen Dolomite before you watch Black Dynamite, Black... Or, or if you've not seen... Yeah, if you watch Black Dynamite before you watch Dolomite and you go back like what Boz mm-hmm. did, it will taint Dolomite for yeah. you because you'll be like, well, why am I not watching Black Dynamite? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's pretty much what I'm watching here. <laughs> yeah.
1: um, I do want I want to see The Human Tornado. That's another one of uh, his films. And that, that was the one I first guys, saw his will... Kung Fu because, well, it's not Kung Fu. It's
2: bad karate, but you know what I mean?
1: Yes. Yes.
2: All you guys, all you guys have to do is just add a Rudy Ray Moore film to the list, and it will automatically get my vote.
0: Like, I love Rudy <laughs> Ray Moore. I cannot get enough of this stuff. <laughs> I'll take that in, into consideration when I'm uh, when I'm looking for shows for the next couple of episodes. All right. Is there anything else that we really love that we want to want to throw out there?
2: Pimp hats and canes. Well,
0: all of my stuff.
2: <laughs> Pimp hats and canes. That's awesome.
0: Yes. In
2: I was going to say, all of my stuff that I have that's like nitpicking and, you know, kind of starting to fold the, the movie over the table and prepare it for a raw cornholing <laughs> is still lovingly done. Like, I'm going to bite its ear and tell it how beautiful it is while
0: I'm doing <laughs> it. Yes, well, sure. sure. L- let me ask you this, though. C- can you lovingly say, no, I-, I really wanted to see The Mayor's Flabby White Ass? Did you really? Can I? Can, can you? <laughs> did you? Can, uh, and I want you to say it with, with sincerity, like you love it, and say you know. And I needed that quick sneak peek of his hairy knob. Just, just
2: yeah, that was a cheeky little flap, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. And I went, "Oh, are you talking about? Are you talking about the mayor and his lack of penis?"
0: Well, his lack of penis and, and the amount of amount of screen time that, that it got, along with his very flabby white ass.
1: But the the irony
2: <laughs> of that isn't he called like Mr. Big or something like that?
0: <laughs> well,
2: well, it's one of those ironic nicknames like calling a fat guy yeah, tiny or a tall guy yeah, shorty. Sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it was just like but I looked at him and went you you're like the the template for every like slimy agent and, and politician in the future. He, you know, yeah. he was just a little ugly bloke with a mustache and a voice that went like this, and it was just. But yeah, I did not need to see his. Um, I think the only way to describe it is a baby sparrow in a nest, because that's. It was not good. It was not good. Clearly,
2: this scene scarred you. It,
0: it, it did, well, only because it, he was. And I'm gonna go into the nipping stuff now because there was part of that that it sort of led me to be focused. He's in bed with his wife and um, one of the other women. Now he's naked. I think his wife was naked. The woman they're in bed with has her her bra and panties on, and they're all rolling around. And he's, like, oh yeah, baby, yeah, oh baby, like almost like they're wrestling. Mm. and then he gets up to take a phone call and just goes I'll just casually drape a towel over me not like wrap it just drape it over and talk with my ass hanging out and it's just like seriously dude it's just ruined it I'm I'm glad I was glad that she pulled the gun on him (laughs) and I just just put your skinny white ass away just fucking it was just I mean you know he did have to choke a bitch which I thought was a little rough but (laughs) But you know, it was just—it was just okay. I've I've enjoyed this movie, and and, you know, there was even Rudy Ray Moore's "Man Boobs." um, But the 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 naked, very white man was just like, oh, it's hurting me. It made me sad. It made me sad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
2: well, my first uh, my first nitpick that I have about it is the way the film opens up. It gives expository dialogue upon opening, and then it uses that to transition into a flashback. That's that's like bad filmmaking. Yeah. It's not a motif to to hang your film around. It's just straight up bad filmmaking. They pretty much narrated every flashback, but then dropped the narration about two to three minutes into the flashback. <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. <laughs>
0: This is oh you know, so while while we're nitpicking, Boz, you've been very quiet, mate.
2: <laughs>
1: it's it's quarter to two in the morning, sorry. Ah. There we go. <laughs> no, um I, what I know is the opening shot. They have uh, I think it's the hood of the camera. So mm. it's it's not even like a, a small thing, it's like the top third of the shot is looks like it's got bars. <laughs> it's like that's your opening shot pretty much. And you've got an obstruction in it. And this, I didn't realise, actually forms a pattern.
2: Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and the, the the thing that Black Dynamite mocks, it's probably the most perfect part of Black Dynamite. They, they, they mock this film because there are so many fucking booms in shot. Like, oh, so yeah. many. Um, in fact, my... I'm sort of taking notes as I go through and I'll 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 just I won't do all of them because they ended up being more than I expected so you get uh, being frisked by the cops boom in shot and uh, Chi is short for Chicago her mate boom (laughs) sleazy white dude in his office is boom and, yeah, and that just I stopped writing sentences every time I saw a boom. So my notes didn't end up making an awful lot of sense.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then it just became boom.
2: <laughs> yeah, they'd... the boom. The boom mic has more screen time than tits in this role. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes, it does. The weird thing is, when Vinegar Syndrome actually uh, repackaged this, they actually did two versions. hmm. One where they actually um, changed all the the ratios so the boom was gone, and then they actually released a boom version that has the (laughs) the boom just everywhere that we saw it.
1: I mean, it gets a bit noisy if you're one of those people who every time they see a set of jugs, it shouts, boobs, because then it's boom, boobs, boom. (laughs) Boobs. <laughs> that's the movie really
0: yeah
2: that that could sum up the whole plot boom boobs boobs boom 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 boobs boom. afro
0: boom. movie over uh, afro. <laughs> just, afro. there's, afro. A, there's afro. a shot
2: in
1: the lower lower left corner somebody's afro's in shot I'm yes. guessing it's the grip or the sound guy or something i <laughs> have just Oh yeah, There's this, some pretty
0: serious afros in this movie, lad Let's be honest Yeah, There's some pretty serious afros in there
1: Yeah, I mean the dude's head was clearly well out of shot But unfortunately the hair wasn't So
0: <laughs> He's just, he, See, he was probably the boom man having a break It's just uh, Stuck his head in there.
2: How do we know that that wasn't just a very elaborate windscreen For the boom that popped up at the bottom of
0: the frame <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. So Can we use your afro as a screen? So, speaking <laughs> of someone who didn't have an afro, um, uh, uh, and I'm going to throw this out there, uh, it's it's when Dolomite gets released from prison, and and you know all the girls come and, and collect him, and they get in the car, and <laughs> the, the blonde white girl's there, and obviously she's about to help out Dolomite. When they when they get further down the road, where does she go? <laughs>
1: Aliens, she's, man.
0: She, she's got I mean it, it, Was it the fact that Dolomite was so backed up After being in prison For two years He literally <laughs> just Blew her head right off And they just Dumped the body
2: He launched her out of the car Like a fucking guy That's through. exactly what it was We had a James okay, Bond I got a problem with that scene too I'm sorry, go ahead. She
1: probably just had a James Bond roof flap in the, in the ceiling of the car. Just push the button.
0: Boom!
1: Like a firework going off.
0: She's just sitting on the side of the road going, I'm sticky and lost.
2: <laughs> okay, I had a problem with that scene too, right? As soon as he gets out of prison, he starts getting undressed from the shitty prison suit that they give him so he can put on his pimp gear. <laughs> And he does it like with the help of his women, all in front of the prison guards, and all the prison guys are like going hooting and hollering for him getting dressed. Why does he get dressed if immediately after he gets into the car, he just starts getting naked to bang these chicks? Why not just get naked, show the car, like show him all the clothes that he's gonna have on, and then just point out to everybody he's about to get laid by like two women, which we thought was gonna be three, but one disappears?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Why even bother having him get dressed? That made no sense. You might as well strip down, wave your dick at the guards. And then just get in, get in the car and woo! Give
1: and, your moves a wobble.
0: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and just shake them up for the camera and and then go on from there. Uh, you know, it just seemed I don't know. there's was just something about that that whole scene. Um, you know, and that that then obviously led to you know the the first gunfight, if you could call it that. And, and <laughs> there, there were problems with the gunfight. <laughs> Now I noticed that uh, you've you've got a couple of notes here about the gunfight boss.
1: Well, it, yeah, I I saw a clip of this quite a while back actually, and um, it, it's fairly clever how he dives into the bushes and when they go around the corner and gets the girls to pull up, and they're like, oh, where'd he go? And like, I, I mean, if you're a, a hoodlum. Um, or a a henchman of some kind, and all of a sudden the guy's disappeared. It's fucking obvious what he just did, but he basically blindsides them and shoots them. Uh, One of them survives, so he does basically the the dance monkey boy routine by shooting at his feet and making him dance. Um, But I swear there's a bit, before he angles the gun upwards, it looks like a guy's squib went off early. So he'd be like shooting at his feet, and then there's a shot of the guy with a squib gone
0: off in his chest. Um, it, it, it's, <laughs> yeah, but there were there were random squibs all through the movie. <laughs> yeah. Shooting apparently involves just having a gun and waving it randomly. Yeah. Just wave it randomly and stuff will go off and that's that's good enough.
1: I, I think it just might have been a fault in the Foley department and the ricochet sound didn't get put in. Um, so clearly bullets were just bouncing off of random objects and hitting people.
0: <laughs> just, just randomly. That, just going. that
2: actually goes... That actually goes to one of my notes, too. I have written uh, for a question that I had written down was, was this film edited by a legally blind man and Foley by a deaf person?
0: <laughs> well, t-
2: <laughs> because it seems like that because the squibs go off at the wrong time. They don't cut certain things out right. They don't cut into the scene where they need to. The foley stuff doesn't match up at all. Like you hear a punch seconds before it's thrown in a couple <laughs> <Yes>. of cases. <laughs> yeah. I reckon they got the
1: in- the intern kid who's about fifteen on the trigger for the squibs, and he's just he's just blowing his load early every time.
2: I pictured a guy who's like at the end of his career that's starting to suffer from Parkinson's and just can't quite keep his hands still enough right over the nail board. Every time I saw the squibs going off, I'm like, up, oh, somebody went early.
0: Dollar one. brought to you by Parkinson's Folly.
1: <laughs> no one's gonna listen to us. No, yeah. that's just lost a tenth yeah. of the audience.
0: Oh, well, that's right. <laughs> That, that was the dwarf. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> so is,
1: there, is there an extra tag on iTunes?
0: <laughs> yeah, it, to everyone. I
2: would say, yeah, explicit and morally bereft. <laughs> <laughs> if there was, my show would have earned yeah, it. Yeah, I'm just right going yeah, I'm I'm to copy so. the
0: ones from, from Cinema sci and go, yep, 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 yep. Uh, <laughs> and not suitable for dwarfs. Um,
2: (laughs) NSFL not suitable for life
0: (laughs) speaking about being not suitable for life let me ask you a question do do hookers just sit around and drink and smoke all day is that that what they do
2: yeah in between johns what else are you going to do to wash away the the taste of sperm out of your mouth
0: (laughs) I don't know what do you do to wash the the taste of sperm out of your mouth
2: (laughs) me personally or just in general (laughs)
0: I so this screen's quite effective. Yes. So is bleach. Uh, ooh. Ooh. Anyway, so having having been to a whorehouse in the middle of the day, um, that's not what they do, right? <laughs> Seriously, that is not what they do. Um, not now. No, I want to. want to be clear about this. I wasn't going as a customer. I was going to do actual my actual job. Which was um, putting in equipment into the into the the location, but they don't sit around and drink and smoke all day. They they do, however, sit around and watch TV in their underwear.
1: Okay, you see the the, the bit that probably made me feel quite horrible is probably sit there studying for their masters or something
0: like that. Yeah, that, that's where They're actually you know looking at the stock market, just working out what it is, buying uh, Astroglyte or whatever else you put in your Afro. I'm not sure. <laughs>
2: Well, unfortunately, prostitution is illegal in most places in the United States. So these girls are working an illegal brothel. Most of them are probably not there all that willingly, even though Dolomite seems like a sugar pimp, if you will. But not like the gay kind, but like the the sweet on all of his girls kind. Um, So basically, they're probably trying to drink away their sorrows and they're probably smoking like... Chain after chain smoking, like cigarette after cigarette, to try and die as quickly as possible and get rid of this miserable existence. That's the only excuse I can come up with as to why they're drinking and chain smoking.
0: Okay, that and to wash <laughs> out the way to bring down the wa- show wa- That it. and to wash out the taste of <laughs> semen. Apparently.
2: Well, yeah. What else are you going to do in a whorehouse? Uh,
0: again, let's not go. <laughs>
2: While we're while we're talking about the whorehouse, yeah. okay, the guy that goes walking through and taking a tour of the whorehouse, who leaves doors hanging wide open in a whorehouse? Yeah. Uh, so now, <laughs> privacy is kind of the thing that you want there.
0: So that that was Willie Green, and now I've got a I'm going to call clarification on that. That wasn't a whorehouse. That was a rub and tug house, which is completely different.
2: Oh yeah, it was. I don't know. There was some there was some oral sex going yeah. on there. That looked more like a more than a rub and nah, tug. Nah, see,
0: rub and tug, uh, happy ending.
2: You can rub and tug with your mouth.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs>
0: you, you can
2: shine and grind. Making... You can do, do,
0: do, do, do whatever you want to call it. That that that.
2: Clearly, you both are more worldly than me.
0: Uh, you know. <laughs> see, the, the point is, you go to a Hoya specifically for sex. You go to a rub and tug place for a massage and a happy ending.
1: I mean, I for one am just glad that in our first show we've decided to ramp up slowly towards the more
0: (laughs) risky side of our conversations. Yeah, yeah, Um, uh, absolutely. You know, we've gone in easy. Um, It can only go downhill from here.
2: Yeah, we we chose a very moralistic film to kind of start things (laughs) off light and really bring in the audience.
0: (coughs) You know, people had high expectations. They they were thinking intelligent discourse uh, about quality cinema um, with real thought-provoking questions, not the difference between a whorehouse and a Um, (laughs) rub-and-tug-bar.
2: But... Well, it's important things that people need to know. Uh, Since there is a distinction... Which one is the classier joint then? Is it the Rub and Tug? No. See... <laughs> That's
0: a bit oh, too morning, skeevy, girl. that place.
2: Because the doors are all left yeah, open, see, clearly.
0: Yeah, well, see, see, your Rub and Tug is really just a shop front more than anything else. Whereas a whorehouse tends to be more of a, you know, they'll have, they'll have a nice bar, they'll have somewhere to sit on the couch, you know, and then they'll have the rooms where you go and see said whores. Right, rather than just going, no, I'm just gonna quietly go into Mama June's um, massage and happy ending place, uh, and sneaking off the street. You can you, go, you can go to a whorehouse and going, I'm going to the whorehouse, and <laughs> it's okay. And oh,
2: okay. So a rub and tug is like the fast food version of a whorehouse.
0: Yes. Okay, I got you now. Yeah, see that there's a difference. There's a difference. And if anyone I know is listening, I've never been to either of those things. Never. <laughs> I, 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 I
2: don't. I don't own three
0: of each. <laughs> that, that, that's right. The, the internet told me these things.
2: <laughs> I learned all that I know from Rudy Ray Moore. Fans.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a motherfucker. That says that. Yes, I want to teach That says I learned. Yes, I learned everything I learned from Rudy Ray Moore and on the back of just says motherfucker. <laughs> that's,
2: a, that's another note that I have. Rudy Ray Moore turns the words motherfucker into a prepositional phrase. <laughs> He puts hyphens between letters. He's like motherfucker. He does like he draws it. He draws it out to like Shex, like uh, Shatnerian versions of the words. Like I don't know how he does it, but it's beautiful Mm. and it's never the same. Every time he says motherfucker, he does it in these different tonalities and he changes it up just a little bit and it's he like he works in the word motherfucker like other artists would work in oil or you know clay or other types of mediums <laughs> and it's just those two words he's so good at
0: it yes the world according to Rudy Raymore has motherfuckers in it, and <laughs> we're all thankful for that you know what I've just realized that means that Samuel L. Jackson went to the Rudy Raymore school Amen. of motherfucking <laughs>
2: Very probably.
0: Motherfuckery? <laughs> motherfuckery, yeah. The school yeah. of
1: motherfuckery. That's a thing.
0: <laughs> the Rudy Ray Moore school of motherfuckery. Right next door to the Chuck Norris School of Karate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so,
2: With the same handwritten felt-tip pen notes.
0: <laughs> yes. yeah. Speaking of motherfuckery, um, I, I, I'm going to go the worst lip-syncing band ever it has to be the Dolomite Experience Band. <laughs> <laughs> That 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 was some motherfucking bad <laughs> lip syncing. <laughs> yeah, those mu-
2: those musical interludes at that club just stops the film's momentum almost nearly dead (laughs) like it's really quick and fast paced but when they get the club back and then you've got the musical stuff in the club the film just starts to drag Mm. that's where i really started checking it where i'm like okay when is this going to be done i need this over with and it catches me every time i'm like come on guys let's get moving let's get past this and there's so many acts too like i know it's like three or four different things but it's like six or seven minutes of screen time and it feels like 12 or 13.
0: uh, but it's the it's the jump cuts to the crowd, and they're like, uh, just, there, there, there's not a <laughs> smile in the room, and I'm going, okay, you know, they all came from you know apparently out of town and everything else, and they're just staring at these people going, fuck off! I just want to see Rudy Raymore I paid my money. I want to see Rudy Raymore But
1: there's a whole bit. I think that's so, Sorry, oh, go
0: ahead was, oh, you got, you got, so
1: There's a whole bit where he's doing his um his rapping thing or whatever you <laughs> poem if you want to call it, um where. They clearly just decided to rewrite one of the lines and <laughs> don't match it anywhere near to what he's saying. Yeah, it's a and total the... overdub. You're like, what the what? Am I suddenly watching a Chinese Kung Fu movie overdub? You wanna
0: fight? Well, yeah, I yeah, thought so you wanna fight me. And then Rudy Raymore jumps backwards onto the stage. Oh? Motherfucker! Motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> uh...
2: I love the way he says it, man. I can't get enough of that.
0: There should be more of that. There should be more Rooney Rae, more motherfuckers. Hey, you know so we've missed. We've missed? What have we missed, sir? Uh,
1: the, as I've dubbed him on my notes, the purely prophetic panty-holding
2: preacher man.
0: Praise <laughs> Jesus! Oh, And you know what? There's some big old panties, too. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> You
2: know. He clearly likes his women with a little meat on their bones because she was quite <laughs> a. Oh, look,
0: I'm more for a little bit more, you know, cushion for the pushing, but, you know, that was some big ass panties. They <laughs> were just <I'm> gonna... like.
2: <laughs> that... Well, they were like granny white cotton panties. That was the problem. There was too much material there. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, speaking of panties, yes. speaking of panties, did anybody notice that Dolomite had VPL in the scene where he buys back the club and kicks the shit out of all the guys? Did you see no, that?
0: did miss that. Oh. Oh, yeah, it, it, it's it's really quick. But see, from what I understood, Tol- Dolomite don't wear no cotton drawers. So I thought he I thought he was Commando the whole time. And I saw that and went oh, he's got he's got his junk in place. But see, Dolomites he has more more costume changes than Lady Gaga.
2: It's just- yeah, yeah <laughs> totally.
0: And I, I was trying to work out the whole I, I don't know like half cape collar on all on his jackets something. <laughs> It was just. Going, I was fascinated by it because his shirts had like collars that you could like land a plane with, and then he's got this half cape jacket collar thing. And I'm going, it's just. I want to know who his tailor was because that dude did some serious fucking work. Well,
1: it was before the musical number thing, like he he's wearing two capes, exactly the same.
0: <laughs> Why is he wearing two? Well, he had a pre-show cape and a show cape. Ah, oh, I see. Yeah.
2: One is your cape to keep your other cape clean. The, the the outer cape is to keep your inner cape for the performance uh, clean and crisp and ready to go. It catches all the mud and whatever else might be flung your way before you get into the club.
0: Sh- sh- I'm with you there. So it, it's a James Brown type cape. Is that what we're saying?
2: Yeah, because they're going to put it on him when he starts getting tired and he just can't go on anymore. He can't rap. He can't perform. He can't tell us about the monkey that gets on the lion and starts kicking his motherfucking ass. <laughs> That's right. And then when you just can't fucking take it anymore, they're gonna throw that cape on him, and they're gonna try and walk him off stage. But somehow, man, the energy of the crowd, while they're just sitting there and staring blankly <laughs> at him, is gonna, is gonna make him cast the cape off and just be like, "I gotta go one more time," and just like really go after it.
0: You know? uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, I got I got I another one, too. This is kind of a two-part thing, right? I, I have I have two questions here. I have a question and then a statement about the same scene. If he was going to beat up the cops that, that try to frame him the second time around, where they they drop coke on him and they're trying to frame him, why did he wait so long to do it? Yes. Like, he lets them hit him and then walk away, and then when he catches his breath, he goes and does it and beats <laughs> him up. If he was going to do it, he should have done it the minute they tried to plant the coke on him.
0: Yeah, but see, so you had to catch his breath. He was... He was tired, just getting out of the car. He got out of the car. And was, oh <laughs> man! And just, he was all squinty. And I'm going, yeah. I reckon Rudy just woke up, and he just he just had to work his way up to that fight.
2: <laughs> Maybe the weight of the moves made it hard for him to get out of the car, or something. Yeah, well, and well, that well, junk t- in the trunk.
0: Well, that's right. It that so, Okay. That scene. Actually, that scene. Um, and I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. When when he's cutting back and forth, talking to the one of the guys that's on the ground. Um, I looked at the positioning when you did a they, did a, a wide shot of that. He would have been talking to Dolomite into his friend's crotch. <laughs> you know it was just so they're going no seriously you know they've got a shot and I'm going no you're talking into the other dude's crotch. that's just a little bit weird a little bit weird I mean sure they're covered in coke but you know why why
2: speaking of that did you notice that he almost dumps more cocaine down his own leg than he
0: does on the cop (laughs) I noticed that (laughs) and and then just strolls off I've got coke on my leg motherfucker and (laughs) it just
2: I'll be sniffing that off my pants later. Well, probably somebody,
0: <laughs> one of them hoes be sniffing it.
2: <laughs> I was thinking that about the
1: crotch-talking thing there. Maybe they had so much trouble with that guy getting the boom mic in shot that they decided to use
2: the micro-penis.
0: Oh! The other guy. <laughs>
2: Long way around for that one, but it, it was, it wor- it was <clears> throat> throat> worth
0: it. Yes, it was definitely worth it. Um, so now, speaking of talking off camera, was it just me, or did did you guys sort of get a whole lot of? Someone is standing just off camera with a card, and we're just gonna <laughs> just, just read what um, the warden. And when Rudy's on the phone talking to Shy, I swear there was a guy just crouching on the other side of that phone, just going, "No, Rudy, just read this bit, just because <laughs> you can almost see him like you can see his <laughs> your eyes. Moving.
2: eyes moving. You can totally see his yeah. eyes." moving <laughs> A lot of his girls, too, whenever they're delivering some of the lines, you can actually see them almost look off camera for like just a brief moment, and I swear there was one or two girls where you actually watch them turn their head, read their line, and then deliver it, and nobody edited it out. (laughs) I I, I
1: once worked on a film set, and somebody hadn't learned their lines, and tried to do the entire shoot with an iPad in her other hand, trying to keep the iPad out of shot, (laughs) and just reference it
2: between each line. Stunning.
1: Fucking hope they never listen to this.
2: (laughs) (coughs) Well, the best example of how to do that right, though, is when Sean Bean is delivering his speech about going to Mortar in Lord of the Rings. He had it on his lap, and there's a scene where he makes it look like he's actually looking down, like he drops his head and he puts his hand on his head and he like leans down he's actually reading what he's about to deliver before he says it in that scene (laughs) but unless unless you're really paying attention you can't tell and he plays it like he's pausing for just a quick moment right before he delivers you know like the lines or when he starts talking about how horrible this thing's going to be to where it almost pains him to speak like Mm. that and that's how you do it and you get away with it you don't whip your head to the side, look at the card, read it to where you can see your lips moving like some of these girls <laughs> yeah. were doing, and then turn your head back and deliver the line, as deadpan as I'm talking right yes. now, Dolomite, we need to get moving <laughs> because they will kill us all. Like <laughs> uh, You mentioned Shy, the, the, the introduction
1: for her. Oh, yeah. My name's Shy. It's short for Chicago. I was like, what? Um... Uh, and then again, making notes. Boom! Um, but then, uh, <laughs> then I sort of I imagined what the next line would be. Oh, yeah, this is cunt. She'll be here. She'll be here in a bit. <laughs> What's that short for? Kent, Kentucky. Sorry.
0: Oh, geez. I just do <laughs> Spat coffee everywhere.
2: <laughs> While we're. While we're on the subjects of names, I have another question, too, that I wrote down. Why does everybody call Willie Green by his full name, including himself, all the time? Every single person. He's not just Willie. Like, even his friends that are around him are his, his like, co-workers. They're not, like, Willie. They're, like, Willie Green. <laughs> everybody. Even when he's, like... Yelling at the, the 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 front door guy to try and get to the mayor, he's like, "You tell him Willie Green's here." No one ever just says Willie or Mister Green.
0: It's because he's, he's a bad motherfucker, Willie Green.
2: <laughs> Shut your mouth!
0: I'm just talking about <laughs> Willie. I don't want to hear it. See, that's the whole the, the whole thing. You see, just, I'm just talking about Willie. I don't need to hear you talk about your Willie. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I
2: don't. You probably shouldn't download my show anymore. Oh. <laughs>
1: I, I actually had a really funny thing on the, the the copy of the movie I had in that the subtitles were just automatically on which was actually helpful at points um, <laughs> but they they weren't actually the most accurate subtitles and whenever anybody just said the words okay completely clearly, unobscured the subtitle that came up in large capital letters with a dash either side was ORGY
0: oh, <laughs> did it like three times
1: Unintentional comedy
0: <laughs> uh, Oh gee Now speaking speaking of subtitles There was, there was um, a, a member of, of the cast that needed subtitles And that is the Hamburger Pimp
2: Oh yes I have a question about the Hamburger Pimp well, but, uh, how, how badass can a guy known as the Hamburger Pimp really be?
0: Well see I, I think it, it, I had the same question But it was how scary is a dude that is wearing a t-shirt inside out and back to front, because <laughs> it clearly was
2: with with pit stains that are so freaking nasty that they even go all the way around to the top, like it formed a whole circle.
0: <laughs> I didn't, I didn't get that 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 whole bit. Other than, I listened to that three times before I got what he said. And like yeah, had- I
2: actually, I I actually had that as a clip that I wanted you to pull to answer my question. So right there, we can talk about it for <laughs> sure.
3: Well, if it isn't a hamburger pimp, hey hamburger pimp. Hey, hey bro, look again, you don't know me, man. Uh, who you talking to anyway? Uh, better get on before you get jumped on. Now, who's mm. bad enough to do all of that? Me, hey, nigga, me. Yeah, I'm so bad, I kick my own ass twice a day. Gee, you ain't saying nothing. Doing like, doing How like, you think? damn, brother, why you wanna do me like that, man? Come on now and buy you a drink, huh? Are you sure you can afford it? When you get out, man. Yesterday. Say, boy, this must be my day. Hustling good, boy, you know them niggas gonna be running like motherfuckers now, John. Right. <laughs> but the brother. Oh, looking at Willie Green. You know, boy, looking like uh, when you was on the street, everything was cool, man. They are scared to wipe their asses, man. You know, in any way. They so cold they enough to price on stuff so high. You understand that the an honest dude like me I have to snatch pocketbooks all day to stay fixed, man. You know?
2: He is unintelligible due to heroin. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was
0: due to something, but... <laughs> It's just like whoa, uh, uh, and we get the whole scene of him just walking away.
1: And then Dolomite take like it's really protracted. He picks him up later on, takes him back to his apartment to interrogate him. He could have just interrogated him in the street.
0: Yeah, um, yeah he needed to go back to his heroin den to interrogate him. Yeah, but as he pulls up, there's like
1: these other junkies outside, and it just looks like a scene from The Walking Dead. <laughs> it's like really overacting just how cane they are.
2: <laughs> and Dolomite can only get the guy to talk because he's going to offer him all the drugs that he can handle. He doesn't have to rob people to get his fix anymore. Dolomite says he'll, he'll help him get his fix. He's going to pay for him to get his fix from here on out. But his whole thing is to try and stop drugs at yeah. this point, right? He's taking on the drug dealer. So if he hates drugs... Why does he supp- promise to supply them to this creeper guy, a.k.a. the hamburger? <laughs> uh, 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 well,
0: there's uh, the
1: whole... Uh, I don't know. The, the whole <laughs> random bit with the fishy <laughs> cocaine, that goes nowhere.
2: <laughs> just like they had an well, idea... Well, that's how they're smuggling in the coke, right? <laughs> but
1: the, <laughs> I they don't, don't know. do anything with that story thread again. It's just <laughs> done with that.
0: But, see, I, the question I had about that... See, I didn't even go as far as say uh, what happened to the fishy cocaine. Why has Dolomite got a disguise on? <laughs> he puts on like a fake beard and shit I'm gonna... and a shirt with one of the the single biggest collars I've ever seen in my life like it was it was past his moves it was that big
2: well is that the same scene where he's wearing the jumper where he looks like fucking chucky with a red shirt that's the one. Yes. and yeah, the sunglasses that's the one.
0: yeah and su- sunglasses yeah, but... and a fake beard and I'm gonna...
1: yeah well that's that's because the purely prophetic panty holding preacher man um gives him information to go to the docks and says you know look in look you have you have to go look look like you're looking for work and then look in the barrels so you think oh he's going to like get in there and work his way in and then when no one's looking he'll he'll look for the evidence no he just marches straight up to the outside of the building and just starts delving into these buckets of
0: ice and like, and there's no one else there there's, there's no one there, there. I mean, what, what sort of gangsters are there that just leave their coke just outside? I'll be right, it's covered in fish. Don't worry about it.
1: <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I mean, a fat get like me. Uh,
2: another thing, too, did he tell him to go there looking like he was re- looking for work, or did he say dress as much like Super Mario as possible <laughs> and then go down to the docks? <laughs> uh, and after oh, all that, I didn't oh. even find mushrooms, it was
0: coke. Ah, shit. Oh, oh there you, you. go. <laughs> Who doesn't love my?
2: That's why you didn't get a one up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, I think Rudy Ray Moore got more than one up by the look of those some of those sex scenes. He, uh...
1: Oh, let's talk about the sex scene.
0: Oh, <laughs> but that was that was a really awkward sex scene. It was really, really.
2: Every single sex scene in this film is really yeah. awkward, oh, just
0: uncomfortable. But and it, it wasn't so much the sex that bothered me because uh, it should have because the sex was bad. But the very first sex scene. On the bedside table, there's a statue of a guy's head with a really long neck and what looks like a fake chin. And I did, and it was sort of every time they, they shot, it was sort of like right in the middle of the shot, but in the background. And I kept looking at it going, what, Why is that there? Why is that there? What, what, what now? Why is why is Rudy like wrestling with this woman, and, and then and then have her instantly orgasm? Just
2: she went for- oh my god it's every sex scene is like that the the sex scene where pinky picks him up in the corvette mm. after he gets busted the editing in that sex scene has a jump cut that implies a simultaneous instant orgasm yep. like they both like they both premature ejaculated <laughs> all over the place just because they were in the same bed together and then they cut to like after that they do another jump cut where it's like this like awkward after sex cuddle talk thing that they're mm. doing before she pisses him off, and then he basically beats her and rapes her, and she enjoys. Oh it. yeah, that was a really uncomfortable fucking. Scene. Yeah, it
0: was like slap, jump, and. <laughs> yeah,
1: I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it rape. I'd say more of a hate fuck. Sure, if you're going there. Sure. Um, but the but the bit before that, like the scene before where they're enjoying themselves, that that jump cut is one of the most jarring things ever because it's got a musical bed on it, and the jump cut cuts the music as well. Like you're supposed to cut the footage separate to the soundtrack. But someone's just gone, nah, fuck it, take like thirty seconds out there, boom, oh lot, gone.
2: It's so jarring. It's like a badly repaired film break is what yes. happens. Almost.
0: See, I I think what happened was I reckon Rudy got a bit carried away. He's gone the turkey slap on him and they're gone, no nah, no, nah, we can't show that. We'll just cut it right out. <laughs>
2: Maybe they ran out of the short ends that they were shooting on, and they had to like reload it real quick. So they just kind of just instead of instead of getting rid of that snippet or cutting to something like that on like you know the weird lamp or something like that, and then cutting back to them to cover it, they're just like fuck it, we'll just do a jump cut.
0: <laughs> oh dear. So I think we we probably we've covered some really good elements in the movie, and we've covered the really important parts. But there's a bit that that I feel that we've missed, and that's that final fight sequence. <laughs> oh, God. The, the, the all-in brawl outside, and then Willie Green and, and Dolomite uh, inside. Now, can either of you explain to me exactly what the five fingers of death move was that <laughs> pulled on Willie Green? Did you,
1: I, I called it, I put Dolomite nose the five-palm jiggly leg pinch. Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> he, he grabs his stomach through his shirt uh, and and jiggles his uh, legs and and then uh, next thing Willie Green is on the ground and he's got a chunk out of his stomach and Dolomite slaps his own chest with red blood and I
1: I think he pulled his soul out through his spleen that's what he was doing
0: (laughs) Uh, which, which is why the FBI agent had to shoot him so he didn't come back as a zombie
1: yeah Something like the, that, and I think sh- the power for that move—the it, it, secret power—comes from his man boobs.
0: <laughs> That's what I think. By the power, I of think what man was boob- su- <laughs> I think what was
2: supposed to happen is he was he was charging after Willie Green. Willie Green shoots him in the shoulder. They neglect to put the blood on him before he <laughs> yeah. tears out Willie Green's stomach. And then they're like, oh shit, we forgot to put blood on you after you tore out the stomach. And so he immediately grabs at his shoulder to pretend like he was shot, and he's starting to bleed. And then they use the fake blood from his hand where he rips out the stomach to make the, to simulate the gunshot. That's the only thing I could think that they tried to do, because otherwise it makes no sense in my brain. <laughs> did,
1: did you also notice for the whole first half of that fight that it was in like the dressing room and the lights were off? And it keeps jumping away, cutting back Jumping away, you you can't really see what's going on And then someone just goes, ah fuck it, turns the light on So we can see what's happening Just before the special (laughs) move hits
0: The chandelier in the back is not working as lighting Just fucking turn the light
1: on I think just the DOP had gone to take a piss Came back to see what they were filming Went, oh for god's sake, just switch the lights (laughs) on
0: And then Willy Green goes, hang on, I've got a gun (laughs) Let me just shoot (laughs) Shoot Dolomite in the shoulder Oh that's right, I've got a gun in that uh, fight
1: scene, there's also a brilliant one with um, a, there's a white guy with a big fluffy pimp hat and a blue suit. And he oh, goes yes. up against a girl in like a tartan suit. And mm. her wait for the opening, because they've done choreography training and they've been through it maybe half the time. And... <laughs> <laughs> he sort of comes over and she just waits and waits and waits and then does this most ineffectual punch and he sort of goes flying. And then she waits and waits and waits again and then ends up carving him up with a fake knife. Um, but that's her anticipation of, my move's coming up. It's like waiting for your line and going. <laughs> See,
0: uh, <laughs> it's and hilarious. The, the bit with the knife was like, she went straight for a dick stab. Straight <laughs> <in>. <laughs> she went straight in for a dick stab. And I'm just going <laughs> to just... Oh and then just goes to town that yeah that it coupled with the the jiggly jiggly leg fist punch of death um <laughs> absolutely just pushed it over the top that was pure gold
2: <laughs> yeah if you weren't enjoying the film when those two things happen you fall in love with it yeah. right there <laughs> 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 you,
0: you, you can't really go wrong and, and then then the, the movie runs out and Dolomite is in one of the, probably the most Empty hospital rooms I've ever seen <laughs> there's, there's just a bed And it looks like there were other beds in there But they've just stripped everything out And just put yeah. Dolomite in his bed
1: I think it was the same set they used for the prison but, uh...
2: <laughs> what? Oh, Speaking of that Did you guys notice the, the second time he's in prison When he's just in regular oh. jail Did you guys notice the framing for the shot You can see the top of the fucking yes. set It's clearly <laughs> yeah, visible the entire time <laughs>
1: So, nice flag <laughs> Yeah, this is it Right? Uh, but at this end bit There's the big reveal That the the cop with the slick back hair And the terrible tie choice He was crooked? <sighs> no way deep, deep, um, <laughs> I mean, as if we didn't notice Well, he
2: was white How could you not tell? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: But, I mean, as if it wasn't a big enough giveaway that when he was at um, Hamburger Pimp's place and two guys bust through the door, he shoots them both, and then 30 seconds later the cops run through the door. You're under arrest for murder.
0: (laughs) Shit, news travels fast around these parts. (laughs) And that's that's something else. They have the weirdest um, processing system for criminals. Apparently, you can shoot people... Take them away, you can do whatever you want, but you don't actually like do any of the cleanup work afterwards. <laughs> they left all those fucking corpses there. Right. And just went, oh <laughs> come on, come on, Dolomite, you're going to jail. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, no, don't worry about it. Don't don't worry about evidence or you know questions. No, everyone, let's go to jail. Like when Dolomoite got taken away the first time, who locked his house? Right? Because <laughs> they, they just took him away, left his car in the driveway, just took him away, and off to prison he went. <laughs>
2: They drove him directly there. He didn't even go to trial. That's how the justice system works for black folk in uh, America. Yes. They just drag you directly to prison. Go directly Do, not to jail. Go. Do not pass go. <laughs> yeah, you don't collect two hundred dollars. Nothing. Straight to jail.
0: <laughs> uh, so the only the only other note I've got is: Does anyone really fall for the old pillows under the blanket tree?
2: <laughs> <laughs> in black exploitation? Uh, stupid, crooked. <laughs> Stupid crooked white cops and (laughs) black exploitation exactly. It's
0: just like you know, you know, they walk in, there's a page for Doctor Feelgood, and they just keep going and we'll just shoot up the pillows. And then the FBI agent just comes out of nowhere and goes, Drop your guns and like as if they didn't see him standing in the corner of the room. It's <laughs> just yeah, and, and then you know we wrap it all up by saying, oh, too too bad we had to shut down your club and put all your whores out of work, <laughs> and everything's okay. And what are you going to do? Well, ah, uh, and he's gone back to the Flatlands, and then we have a freeze frame, and I'm there going bit bit yeah oh okay, and then I felt sad.
2: it is a very anticlimactic ending you don't really get to see much of anything and you just kind of get this rap about what he's going to do with the rest of his life but it does leave you wanting more, and you just either want to back up the film and start it over again or go find other Rudy Ray more.
0: You want to go straight <laughs> into the human tornado.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. That's on my list now, definitely. <laughs> yes. Is Dolomite a pimp or a motivational speaker? Because in the Karate Dojo, he certainly turns into a much better motivational speaker than Matt Foley. Do you guys notice that? <laughs> Where all of a sudden he rallies everybody and he gives this wonderful speech and and I'm like fuck man no wonder these chicks are working under him. <laughs> well, look, both literally and figuratively,
0: pimping ain't easy, man. It's and you've it, you've got to be part motivational speaker. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, yeah, otherwise you're not going to get those girls to get out there and make you That's that right. money, you know. And he doesn't he doesn't use his pimp hand on the girls. He uses his motivational speech techniques. <laughs> right. He's a very special kind yeah, of. Pimp. They're,
0: they're, they're growing through whoring.
2: Did anybody catch Dolomite's uh, ghost-busting method yes. that when he's walking in? He <laughs> says, just knife the fucker or something. I'm like, it's a very, like, the, the only way to know for sure if it's a ghost, you just, you you cut the fucker. <laughs> and if it bleeds, then it's not a ghost, and you just keep cutting it. That was brilliant.
1: It's like go, I didn't even why the ghost. They were, we were walking into a church. because It's out of context at that point. Yeah. It's like, I'm scared. You see, a ghost just knife the motherfucker, and you realize, okay, there are some coffins at the end, but it's a fucking church.
0: But it, it's a, a church yeah, I and a funeral I th- home. And, and, I don't know, house for sex with fat chicks. I'm not wrong. Uh, <laughs> oh, and, 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 It's and, a one-stop
2: shopping place. And gun armory. <laughs> yeah. For when the Fourth World War comes. I didn't even know there was a no, third. No. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear <laughs> the guy say that? When the Fourth... When the Fourth World War comes, I'm like, was there a third? Yeah. Or have you guys just lost count? See,
0: I, I, I just sort of went, no, he, he must have said the Fourth Ward War, because aren't they in the Fourth Ward? But yeah, there was part of ah, me. Ah, good point. Ah, see? Yeah. I, but you know what? I just, my brain filled in that place. I went, no, he must have said that, because that, that's the only thing that makes sense. That is the only Actually, thing you know that.
1: what? It, it must have been on my subtitles, so I didn't flag it either, because I was reading it as well. <laughs> And it didn't say orgy that
2: time. <laughs> I could have swore he said fourth world war. <laughs> I could have swore, but that's the bad dubbing in the film or the bad recording. Yeah, well, so they're they're in the fourth ward and they're going to have a war, but they never say what for and they never say who against or who he's with or why those guns are there. It's just, it gets totally dropped and the police are like, oh, okay, fourth ward war. Let's go Yeah, th-
0: we'll just move on. we are more does? focused on, on Willie Green and Dolomite. That's where, where the action's at. Right.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so what Black Dynamite was oh. based on. You can <laughs> yes. so tell it after seeing yeah. it. Yeah.
0: All right, so we've ticked all our boxes. We've got all the, all the problems off our chest. We, we've I think we've suitably satiated our OCD needs. To round this out um, in the time honored tradition of Netflix, what is your score, Court?
2: Uh, thumbs up or thumbs down or stars Because they changed it on me Well
0: you know what I, I'm gonna ask you for uh, ha- How many pimp sticks Would you give this movie I would give this a
2: solid 3 out of 5 pimp sticks Nice
0: Because
2: it's certainly enjoyable but all For all the wrong reasons Basically
0: <laughs> Alright and Boz how many pimp sticks Will you give Dolomite uh,
2: I,
1: I would oh, i I can't stretch to a four. So I'm gonna have. To, I, I, I would actually give it three, motherfuckers. <laughs>
0: there
1: you go.
2: Nice. Three, three motherfucking <laughs> <laughs> Fimsters. <Yes. laughs> That's better. Yeah, I like yours.
0: <laughs> and what about you, sir? I, I will give it three and a half. Blonde chicks having their heads blown off by dolomite jeez. <laughs>
1: For an ejector flap in the roof of the car. Yeah.
0: That's exactly it. So there you have it. That is season one, episode one of Obsessive Cinema Discourse. This, mo- this show will come out on a more or less monthly basis as we find time amongst our normal projects. So from me, thank you very much and see you in a month's time.
2: Uh, As I always say, kick the fuck out of this month and make it your bitch. (laughs) And I'm going to say so long and thanks for all the cokey
1: fish. Boom! (laughs) Oh,
2: brilliant. Oh,
3: gold. Well, goodbye, boy. (laughs) You're off to a long, long vacation. I got your boy hanging. You no-business-born-insecure-junkyard-motherfucker!
1: don't forget, you can find our perfect and pristine Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Obsessive Cinema Discourse. And if you think we missed something on any episode, <laughs> yeah, as if, uh, please do email us at d at gmail and bring your own particular OCD into the light. Or was it d at maybe it was O Cinemad at, oh I know, maybe it was more like Oc i mad at, or oh, were we thinking O Madi?